So I'm going to say that over because I had a weird S in there. Hello, and welcome to The Juice and the Squeeze. I'm Julia Strand here with my co-host, Jonathan Peel. How's the new year treating you, Jonathan? Oh, pretty good, Julia. Um, pretty good. How about you? So far, so good. Uh, I don't know if you listened to our last episode, but I got recommended for tenure. And <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> I, I so, think I heard that. I think I heard that. Congratulations. Thank you. So the answer to how, how I am is uh, bubbly in all of the ways. Oh, good. <laughs> so, um, well, okay. So let's start with some follow-up then uh, with that. So mm-hmm. you knew the call was coming. I knew the call was coming sometime in like a two week period, but didn't okay. know exactly what, which meant, you know, every time the phone rang and it was like my dry cleaner, like breathlessly answered. And then, <clears throat> you know, right. Um, but, and so this is the part where the, uh, so the, the Dean and the president, the, the powers that the, the, the committee, um, that makes these decisions have met with my department's input and made the recommendation. And then it becomes official when the board of trustees also gives it their blessing in uh in a couple of weeks but this mm-hmm. is the this is the the big hurdle but did you i mean did you have some inkling that things were going well did you get any feedback ahead of time or was it just oh, kind of a black box um, no i mean i my, my senior colleagues had been great and mm-hmm. um had, i had felt like things were going well you know and i could like read my course evaluations and see how things were going there and so i i went in feeling good uh cautiously optimistic but um you know, there's nothing like knowing. Of course. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I just know, um, I think every department handles it differently and every school handles it differently. And I know, uh, like for me, I got very little feedback. Like, you, you know, I had to put in my materials and then like a year later I got an email <laughs> being like, it's at the next committee. I'm like, I, I guess that's good. Mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, it was this very kind of weird, um, drawn out process. You know, you're kind of ready for it to be like you show up and you give them your thing, and then they kind of like vote. And and actually, it's just a very long bureaucratic, you know, process. Anyway, yeah, it's a, it's a, yeah, big decision. I was um, I was a little worried that it was going to feel like underwhelming, mm-hmm. right? Like this big thing that I've been working for for my whole career. Um, and that is not the case. It's totally amazing. It's so exciting. It uh, it has absolutely lived up. Oh, um, good. One of one of my friends who got tenure a few years ago gave the advice uh, for this specifically, but it applies to lots of things. Uh, celebrate until it feels like work. <laughs> and I'm just waiting for the day when someone's like, "Hey, let's go out and have a drink," so I can, you know, we can celebrate. Uh, I'm waiting for the day when I'm like, "Oh, just oof, I don't think." Right. And I tell you what, it's been it's been a month that that hasn't happened yet. Hasn't happened so. yet. Okay. Well, that's a good sign. Um, so I have, you know, I do think I don't know. In the context of our podcast, I don't know if I'm the juice or I'm the squeeze or you're the juice or who's who. <laughs> I do know that you are the more exciting half of us. So last time, um, for for our listeners who missed it, I mean, you know, go back and listen. Um, Julie and I. Uh, gave some just kind of unsolicited advice on various topics. And Julia's is all riveting and interesting and applicable. 
and then she got tenure in the middle of the <laughs> podcast. And then after which I talked about Vim in the terminal. So it's kind of like, you know, we're foils, but I'm the boring foil and you're the interesting foil. Oh, you're being hard on yourself. I am. I am. Anyway, um, which is okay. It's fine. But but I want to continue that tradition because you have now shared this very exciting tenure follow-up. Um, and I have, a, I have another question to ask you, but I, I have to share my own follow-up first. Mm-hmm. Um, in in the in the spirit of transparency and open podcasting and all that. Um, so uh, last time, I cu- we were talking about. Um, uh, well, I have new twins at home. We're talking about parenting and sort of all the things that go on, along with it. And of course, you know, before you have uh, children, if that's the direction you're going, people tell you how tired they were. And I was complaining about this because I said, you know, there's so much exciting stuff going on. And yes, you're tired, but who cares? You know, you get through it. And um, and, and so I was, you know, prematurely confident. So like literally the day we recorded that, uh, most of our family got very sick. And um, and that threw everything in, off kilter. And then it's just been a long time and, and babies don't sleep through the night always. Um, and so now I would say, if you ask me how I'm doing, like being tired is the defining feature of my life. And I'm going to go yell at that guy last week who said it wasn't a big deal. So I take it back. I'm eating my humble pie. Uh, yes, I'm tired. And I will tell all their future parents how how darn tired I am. And, um, and that they should sleep now while they Exactly. Right. Uh-huh. <laughs> all the advice I complained about last time, I'm now going to give it. So, uh, And they should ignore me and all that. It's all fine. But, um, yeah. Um, so I, the other thing I wanted to ask you, Julia, was um, uh, rumor has it that you are now carrying around a deadly weapon with you wherever you go on campus. That is partially true. I do now have an amazing weapon. I'm not, I'm not carrying it right now, but, uh, yes, my wonderful former, uh, student lab manager, now close collaborator, Violet Brown, uh, got me as my tenure present, a sword. So the backstory is that apparently in Finland, when you get a PhD, you get a sword. And I found out about this a while ago and I was like, where's my sword? I have worked so hard. This is this amazing piece of acad, like amazing, like, uh, 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 object to own that fits in so nicely with like the ridiculousness of academic regalia uh i want a sword and i kind of said that in passing casually while violet was around and then when i got tenure she got me a sword it's amazing it is uh it's a champagne saber Uh which means that it's not sharp like it's not a deadly weapon because it would be very hard to well it's not sharp Um, (laughs) but what it can do is open champagne bottles um, so you hold a bottle of champagne, you swipe the sword down the, the length of its neck, uh, and through magic of carbonation and pressure, the bottle cracks such that just the top of the bottle breaks off and spills a little bit, you know, because it's mm-hmm. exciting and ceremonial. Um, and so it's really the, a great present for celebrating something with because, you know, then you drink the champagne, right. you hold the sword and it's, it's engraved with my new title and my lab logo. And it's, it's like the best academic present I've ever seen. Um, it's amazing. I love it. I, I'm going to, despite everything you just said, I'm going to just picture you wearing a, a sword around campus. Uh, 
Um, <laughs> just to, in case people, you know, start giving you a hard time, you can say, I have tenure and also, you know, don't mess with me. Yeah. Well, I've been thinking about whether I should wear it during, you know, convocation or graduation. Yeah. Because there's all those other ridiculous things that are part of academic regalia. Like, why not some ceremonial weaponry? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Why not? Well, anyway, you, yeah. Be careful with wearing weapons around, but maybe, yeah, yeah. you know, there yeah. was there was a lot of talk. Uh, we, we did a little bit of research. Um, you know, like the night that I got the call, I was going out to to a bar to celebrate with, with some friends and I started to bring my sword and my husband was like, Ooh, can we can we bring a sword to a bar? What's going to happen here? Right. And so we did a little Googling about like, not like a gun, but it's still, you know, but right. Do you, do you have a permit? That. Yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, but it seems like um, if you're running around not intending to harm anyone, uh, clearly saying, I got tenure, look at my pretty sword. Can I open some champagne for you? Mm-hmm. It's probably, I'm not going to give the, I'm not going to give the advice that it's okay, but I will just tell you <laughs> that I did it and did get into trouble. But you're okay. Know. Yeah. Good. <laughs> Good. Well, congratulations. Thanks. Very well Thanks. deserved. Yep. Um, and I'm glad I was there for it. I was, yeah, it was good me timing. Too. Yep. How good. fun was it? We got to yeah. get on there. That was yeah, great. super fun. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, so, but it it also kind of brings up the fact that it's the new year. The fact that I am now kind of entering this new uh, uh, professional season, as it were, um, sparked the idea for this week's topic, which is seasons of academic life. Mm-hmm. Um, so in academia, unlike many other uh, uh, jobs, um, the work that we do changes dramatically based on what time of year it is. Um, and I, I I love seasons generally. Like one of the things that I love about Minnesota is we get to experience this like wide range of, of weather and that, you know, when the weather changes, it's a nice opportunity to like notice things that are different and kind of put you in a different, a different state of mind. Um, we talked at one point about how like Minnesotans appreciate 50 degrees in the spring more than anyone else, right? Like 50 degrees is magical when you're mm-hmm. coming off 20 below. Um, and so uh, I, I kind of feel the same way about academic seasons, that it's a really nice kind of built-in opportunity for change and thinking about different things and being reflective and, and just, you know, getting to do different stuff too. Mm-hmm. So that's, so that's what we're talking about this. I think, um, I mean, I, I agree. I like weather seasons too. And, and also we've talked about how both you and I, I think like winter, uh, and mm-hmm. I have, I've not wintered out yet. I mean, but you know, by February or March, maybe, but, but I'm still, I'm still in full on winter mode. Um, and partly cause in St. Louis winter is pretty lame. Uh, so like <laughs> it's not real winter. I'm, I'm still waiting for like an actual snowstorm where I can, you know, go sledding and mm-hmm. throw snowballs at people and stuff like that. Um, I think, well, one thing that has helped me to appreciate the idea of seasons, and maybe this is a a specific case, but honestly, it's been when things are tough. And so, you know, when there's a period of time where I feel like I'm really struggling, uh, it's been really helpful to to think or to have often other people tell me, you know, this is just a, a limited time. It's a season in your life where... X, Y, and Z are going on, and it's really tough, but you're going to get through it, and, and, and this is not forever. And I guess the contrast is, if, you're, if your life is unmanageable and it, you don't see an end to it, like that's yeah. one thing, like you should probably change. 
But if it's like, oh, you've got three deadlines and and a cold and travel and you know it's just a really tough month, but then then you kind of see a light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, it's really helpful to get through it. So, I I mean, there are, we're going to talk about lots of other types of seasons and and you know. I think it's a useful kind of metaphor, but I think for me, I really grab onto it when things are tough in terms of um, realizing it's a, it's a limited period of time and that this is not the rest of my life. This is like a tough two weeks. For, for example, someday the babies are going to sleep. Tonight. You know, I've heard that very few adults wake up every three hours their entire life. So sometime between now and like 18 years from now, they, they will start sleeping. Probably. And at some point, even if they do, you don't have to feed them and hold them and rock them <laughs> to sleep again. <laughs> oh, I hope not. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> which, of course, it's very, it's very sweet. And we have lots of, um, you know, baby cuddles are very special. And oh. one of the things, um, not to get distracted, but I can always get distracted talking about uh, my kids. Um, something that I've heard, which has been really true for me, is that uh, the days are long and the years are short. And all, you know. And that and every other cliche that I used to roll my eyes at are all now very, very real for me. And so on the one hand, day by day, it's been a real struggle. On the other hand, you blink and you have a little person who's talking in full sentences, which is amazing. But then you think, well, what, you know, when do I get to do that little cuddle again that um, that's now gone forever? And so you have to really um, savor every moment, which is probably true in life generally, but it's just it's extra apparent for me with with our kids. So, mm -hmm. yeah, so this is a hard season, but also I'm trying to appreciate it. Yeah. Um, and the, the idea that, that everything is a phase, I think, um, like you were saying, could be really useful in, you know, in academia and life when you're like really struggling in a particular time, you remember, you know what, this term is going to end or this deadline is going to pass or whatever, that it's a phase. Um, and I think it applies to kids too, right? Mm -hmm. Like whether yep. it's good or it's bad, if it's good, you appreciate it. If it's bad, you know, it's going to be over soon. Right. Um, and, and that's, you know, like if I'm teaching a class that I feel like is not going well, I know eh, it's going to end pretty soon. Uh, if I'm teaching a class that's going great, knowing that I'm not going to do it forever helps me appreciate it more than I think I otherwise would, right? Mm -hmm. Be more mindful. So mm -hmm. I think that, that, uh, the existence of seasons and thinking about them, season phases, I think, uh, is good, is, is helpful for both the good and the bad. So I think for most of us, probably academic seasons are largely marked by the beginning of the beginning and end of the academic year, and then probably that by the beginning and end of each term. Mm -hmm. Is that is that fair? Yep. Probably. Um, yeah. Mine is mine is a little um, unusual because Carlton is on trimesters, mm -hmm. so I also have like this this six week break. We're basically off from Thanksgiving to New Year's, um, and so that is like you know a six week mini summer. Um, kind of makes is, is a very different season for me having that mm -hmm. time you know makes, makes january feel different than if i only had like a week off or something like that but in general i think i think yes i agree with you. okay so let's talk about that and then we can talk about your your special little yes. snowflake six-week vacation <laughs> if, if we have time um i mean i'm kidding yeah of course uh, mm -hmm. I, so what yeah i mean how do you when you think about the year are, are, ahead of time, are you aware of these seasons? Like as we're talking about it now, is it clear to you how you're going to feel at different parts of the year? Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, more and more so. I think probably as I do this for longer, I'll, I'll get even better about it. But um, but I now, you know, look at uh, 
opportunities to take trips right at the end of term or something like that and say, oh, no, I know at the end of term what I'm going to want is fewer things to do, not more things to do. Let's schedule that trip another time. So I feel like I'm getting a better sense of, um, you know, mentally time traveling to how I'm going to feel at, at each different point. Um, uh, but but yeah, I, I do have a really strong sense that I feel different and I work differently and I think differently. Um, depending on, on where, where in term or out of term I am. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you just started classes recently, uh, mm -hmm. as did I. Um, and, and so how, like, how are you feeling now at the beginning of, of a new, of a new trimester? Okay. So, so I love, I love new term smell, right? That new, like fresh start of term feeling. Um, I love it the most at the start of fall term, like the start of the academic year, like really feels like the, the start of my year. That's where I prefer to like make any new year's resolutions or like, you know, kind of make long-term goals. Um, because that when we've all been away for a long time and then we're coming together, um, and, and also like, like children are going back to school and it's just that great, like start of a uh, start of the school year feeling. Um, I love it because it's an opportunity to like reflect and think about what our goals are. Um, Carlton has a tradition where we have a, an opening convocation on the first day of class where all the faculty wear their full regalia, including swords. And, <laughs> uh, you know, and we have some great speaker who comes and delivers some inspiring thing about the importance of education and the work that we're doing and, you know, see all the students' bright faces eager mm -hmm. to come back and learn. Um, and I love it. I feel like, I feel like it's the time when we are all at our best, right? We have like the most ambition and the most excitement. We haven't been stressed out or broken down. And mm -hmm. I feel like it's the time when we're our, our best selves. Yeah. And, and so do you find yourself like, I don't know, like intentionally making use of that energy, you know, like either planning out classes or planning out research or how does that, how does that translate into your life? I think it's, <laughs> um, so I, I have a lot of enthusiasm about a lot of things. I don't, I don't know really? that about me, <laughs> Really, um, but I feel like the start of term is when like other people do too. Mm -hmm. And, and so a lot of it is just kind of like enjoying, <laughs> enjoying other people's enthusiasm. Um, also, um, it's also a time, at least for students that I sometimes have to like help caution them about um being overly ambitious. I feel like fall is a time when uh students and I I think I used to feel like this too, you know, with that like enthusiasm and uh ambition in our bellies are liable to bite off more than we can chew. Right. They mm -hmm. like I want to be this kind of person this year and do these kinds of things and therefore I can sign up for more things than is reasonable for me to do. Um so I think that with that enthusiasm uh, that enthusiasm also kind of warrants some, uh, some caution. Mm -hmm. I mean, one one thing that I I don't always do, but I, I I I try to do, I think, is channel that enthusiasm and energy like into uh, systems that can continue when I'm not feeling energetic. So you know, so for example, um, organizing a project with things that we write down that are goals, so that we don't have to remember. In, in you know in the middle of finals week we don't have to remember stuff because we already planned it out 
or you know set, setting up week uh, meetings or deadlines or just sort of uh, organizational things that I can do when I have the energy, mm-hmm. but that are really difficult when I don't. Yeah. I mean, same for teaching, right? Like at the beginning of the semester, I can you know sit and think deeply about the class structure and the syllabus and all this stuff, and then by by finals week, I can't. You know, I just don't have the energy to to do that. But if I put it in ahead of time and kind of plan things out, then it can kind of carry me through. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I've also learned that 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 it's useful to sort of, like you said, kind of picture your future self and like what is what is Jonathan in two months going to really appreciate? Like mm-hmm. maybe it's going to be ha- having a lecture on the calendar that I already have prepared or whatever, <laughs> you know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or not having a a, a big paper deadline the week before Thanksgiving, because that's hard for me to grade or, you know, whatever, just trying to, to be thoughtful. Like, like how I plan all of my uh, lectures for the week of Halloween, the summer before, so that I don't have to deal with that. (laughs) Right. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. I also find myself, um, so like right now at the start of term again, um, uh, when I, when I transition from being on break, where I am typically thinking about fewer things more deeply right? Like I will spend a whole day working on a paper and then suddenly I'm back and I have to, you know, program the experiment, make a reading assignment, prep a lecture, respond to a bunch of emails, do my committee work. And, and I kind of get the like doing a few things deeply to doing a whole bunch of things shallowly. Um, that transition, I feel like I, um, you know, like, like I'm a scuba diver changing depths too quick and I'm going to get the bends, right? Mm-hmm. That it's like, uh, that 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 transition time can be can be pretty challenging for me, um, and so I also kind of try to remember that and try to avoid scheduling a ton of stuff the first week of term that doesn't have to be. So if I'm you know if my friends like want to have a lunch date, I try to not do that in the first week of term because I know that I'm going to be like feeling a little bit frantic from suddenly having so many things I have to think about. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's kind of another way that I've started like planning ahead to avoid that difficult, you know, getting, getting start of term whiplash. Yeah. Yeah. I, so another thing we, you and I had talked about briefly before, uh, was sort of like, well, you had mentioned, so you had mentioned end of term blahs, I kind of feeling blah. And I actually said, well, I actually get like beginning of term blahs. And I think like, I do get excited but also it's that transition you're talking about that can be tough, right? Like just feeling like, well, okay, so from this week to next week, let's ignore for the fact that like I'm on parental leave and we've got babies, like in a normal situation, this week would be, hey, do whatever you want every day, you know, pick pick your research project you want to work on. And next week is, okay, at such and such a time, you're going to have meetings and classes and, you know, all these external demands on your time. And so that changeover is, is tough for me. Um, and so as much as I get excited about the teaching part, I feel like all the other parts of my job, like have to get smushed into less time. Mm -hmm. And usually once I get going, it's, I'm used to it and it's fine. But yeah, I, I, I struggle with that transition. I usually get, um, yeah, kind of get stressed out about that. For which there is no solution, I know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, but I just, mean, which yeah. is which is the price we pay for getting to have seasons, right? That's right. Yep. So yeah, so so the price we pay for for getting to have seasons is the fact that we can kind of like get whiplash from them, uh, from from the changes. But um, 
that that is a price I will really gladly pay um, because I, I feel like having so so during during my like a normal year, um, my breaks are focused on having a break and sharpening my saw and also on doing um, kind of my deep thinking writing research. And then during the academic year, it is more of a split between teaching and doing research. Um, and so I have these chunks of time where I don't do any teaching, right? Like over breaks, we don't have any summer classes. I don't do any teaching for winter break. So it's just breaks from teaching. Um, and when I start teaching again, I love it so much more than I think I would if I had to do it all the time, right? Like having time away makes me really appreciate mm-hmm. how, how great it is to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when the term ends and, and I'm, and I'm done teaching, I realize that it's also very nice to not have to think about what I'm prepping for tomorrow or the next day or all of the subsequent days. Mm-hmm. Um, a friend, a friend of mine once joked about sabbatical. Uh, the only thing better than teaching is not teaching. <laughs> right. Um, and I love that because uh-huh. it's like, I love teaching. And then when you stop doing it, it's really nice to have those kind of moments of taking, taking deep breaths away from it too. Mm-hmm. Um, so the whiplash is hard, but I don't know. I try to remind myself when I'm feeling that whiplash that it's like, yeah, but this, you know, this comes with the territory of getting to experience different things at different times of year. Yep. No, I, I totally agree. So, okay. So, so we've talked about this transition from, from like break time to term time. Um, but there's also the like term time to break time transition, right? So like, you know, right away, what happens in the spring? Um, and to me, that really feels, you know, just like, crashing across the finish line spring term at least spring term here is more busy than any other term in addition to all the normal stuff there's graduation and the honors convocation and all of the like end of term presenting senior theses and you know there's lots of like conferences and things wrapping up um and so when when spring term finally ends um it just feels like crossing this incredible finish line and i have found that immediately after spring term so like my first couple of weeks of break um are like the most productive time for me because it's when i'm still in like term time mentality but i suddenly have all kinds of free time available i feel like you know you know in mario when mario hits the star and he becomes like invincible and can just like run (laughs) through everything and the magic music plays Uh that's how i feel like like i can get all of this stuff done um, but unlike, and that is like a state of mind that I can only be in during term time, that like really intense hard work state. Um, but then during break, there's all this free time. And so I really love kind of channeling that, uh, uh, that term time energy during break. Uh, I, I really value that. Mm-hmm. But then as break goes on and there are fewer deadlines and I start to relax some, then I can kind of feel myself slowly becoming less efficient Mm -hmm. but which which gives you time to kind of recharge too right exactly yeah 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 okay so a couple of thoughts um in that transition you know kind of between less of a break and more of a break or teaching and not teaching i i think i often have the experience that i have a list of you know quote unquote important things to do Right, you know, Mm -hmm. papers to review, papers to write, research projects to work on, and um, and that is it's like a, I don't know if it's a bank, but the list keeps getting bigger and bigger, and then there's an opening, 
And all of a sudden I have time to work on stuff. Mm-hmm. And then there's this, you know, the initial thing is clearing out stuff with real deadlines, which is sometimes fun and sometimes not. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then the part that I like is when there's a little opening in the clouds and all of a sudden I, I can like do whatever I want for a day or mm-hmm. for a week. And what's interesting is it, I, Maybe that happens more often in those transitions, but I also find it just happens sort of like, uh, well, I don't know, just randomly, right? You know, whatever, the stars align, and on March 4th, for some reason, I'm going to come into work and have energy and nothing pressing, and I can then decide what to work on. So it's a little bit not a real season in the way that we're talking about sort of the ebb and flow of the year. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I'm really aware of like, you know, this day or this week, I can do something different than I have been doing or than I have to do next week. And mm-hmm. those I really value because, um, well, anyway, it's hard to plan. It's hard to plan sometimes when that's going to happen. And so I just have to like strike while the iron is hot and not, not like waste that day, um, you know, I don't know, doing mundane administration tasks, but really try to do something productive if I have the chance to do it. Yeah, yeah. When, I, when I'm like sitting down to, you know, plan what my weekly schedule is going to look like, um, I, will, I, I often try to find like, is it the case that there is some time in the week when I don't have anything scheduled regularly? And is it possible for me to block that off as like, a writing oasis, mm-hmm. right? Or like dedicated research time mm-hmm. um, to try and, you know, keep those, keep those opportunities there. Um, but yeah, when one suddenly, you know, things get canceled or something and all of a sudden you have unexpected time, ooh, what a treat. Well, and, right. And that's where, you know, we talked um, in the past about sort of organization, uh, which I think you and I get excited about, but maybe not everyone does, but that's where it helps you, right? Like I have a day, what do I work on instead of mm-hmm. spending that whole day coming up with a list of things to do? I can hopefully go to a project and there's already a list there and I can sort of quickly get up to speed on it. Yep. Um, well, so I, I guess this is sort of like a very long transition to like, we can appreciate seasons, but how does it help us? And, and I think you talked about that a little bit, but just, you know, thinking ahead, like if I want to, if I have something I really want to change about a class I'm teaching, I know that like today classes, you know, at the beginning of the semester, maybe today is not the day to rewrite the whole, you know, syllabus, mm-hmm. but I, I got to plan ahead. I want to do it, you know, right before the beginning of next semester or whatever. So you have to kind of um, plan ahead to take advantage of that energy and just the, you know, the kind of anticipated time that we're going to have. Mm-hmm. Um, and that also makes me think about like New Year's resolutions, uh, either academic year or or calendar year where we are now. And so I was going to ask if that's something you've um, thought much about either, I, I guess, either personally or sort of, you know, for work. Yeah, so my big one this year is that I want to carry a sword around more than I did last year. <laughs> I fully support that. <laughs> I don't typically make, like, January 1st uh, uh, resolution. Um, if there are things that I want to work on, there are things that I kind of, you know, think about and mull over and talk to people about gradually over time. Um, but I, I haven't had much luck in the past. I haven't had much success in the past with saying, now this is a different date. I'm going to start doing something different. 
Um, but I, I don't typically do those. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, although I did, I did just download for January 1st. I did download and have started using um, a journaling app, mm. uh, which I haven't done before. And I'm doing it in part because I feel like my memory is really going and uh, I want to be writing more things down. Um, and because I think it uh, can help me be more um, uh, reflective about uh, remembering remembering that, that things in life are not permanent, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, if I'm stressed out about something, I can look back in the past and be like, oh, look, there was that day you were stressed, but there were non-stressed days on either side of it. Mm-hmm. Therefore, maybe the stress you feel today is also not likely to last forever. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I didn't particularly do that because it was New Year's, but the timing works. So, well, I was thinking, I mean, um, you know, as we're talking again with the academic calendar, frequently people have some time off in the summer. And so the beginning of the academic year is also following a time of rest. Uh, and then also typically people have time off between kind of winter and spring terms or however that's set up. And so kind of, you know, January 1st is also in there too. And so maybe it's the date or maybe it's just having had time to reflect. It's a good time to just think about if there are things that we might want to do differently. I mean, I also don't have, I typically have not done like a list of New Year's resolutions. Um, However, um, with the beginning of a semester, you know, for here, sometimes I will uh, do something like revisit the lab manual, um, Mm -hmm. which I made several years ago, and I sort of try to update it as we go. But, you know, we don't always talk about things um, that I've put in there in lab meetings. And so, Mm -hmm. for example, like this semester, I would like to um, have some lab meetings where we talk about open science practices and, you know, what are we doing now? What could we do differently? What are the pros and the cons? And things that, uh, like you and I, Julia, talk about but that, you know, I get new people in my lab every semester. And so it's been a while, right? And so this is just a opportunity to think about that ahead of time and to kind of plan out lab meeting topics. So, you know, I don't know if that's a resolution, but it's like something intentional that I'm doing that I did not have time to think about in the middle of last semester, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And so, I, you know, there's a little bit of a reset in terms of, you know, what direction are we heading and how can I be intentional? And I guess that kind of ties back to what I was saying before is like, Today, talking with you, I have the mental energy to make that plan, uh, which I won't in a month. And so I have to like quick, like write that down and tell people in my lab to make it happen. And then in a month and a half, when I no longer have the energy, it will still happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One thing that I love to do, I can't remember if we've talked about this before. Um, one thing that I love to do is uh, leave leave notes for future Julia. Mm-hmm. Um, and my memory is bad enough that I often forget about them. And so we'll be, you know, delighted when I unpack my winter coat and there's a nice note in the pocket about wishing me to have a good winter or whatever. Uh-huh. Um, and, and I, I will sometimes do that for, um, for teaching stuff too. You know, like if, uh, I'll leave, leave notes to myself in a future power in, in a PowerPoint that I know I'm going to open, you know, the first day of term or fall, um, that does some kind of like well-wishing about, I know it's busy, but remember, you're going to go get to blow 35 students' minds and teach them about the world of introductory psychology. Uh Um, And I feel like those can be a really nice way to, uh, uh, you know, remind myself of 
the specialness of a season, even if I don't see it right, like in the moment. Mm -hmm. Um, But so what that makes me want to do is like, usually I do it for like times when things are going to be fun, but I should really start doing it for like, hey, it's almost the end of term. You're probably stressed. Here's something nice you should think about. Mm -hmm. I should start doing that. I like that. And I should start doing it for you because I know that you're going to have those, uh, those blahs. Yeah, right. Um, well, so when you first started talking about leaving yourself notes, I loved that my my first I should know better. But my first instinct was like an email you sent yourself or whatever, you know. But mm. no, you mean like a physical note, uh, which you and I both know is 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 nicer, right? So it's, it's kind of special, and also it's easier to stick in a pocket, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah so I like that. I like that, and actually. Uh, I like the, I mean, okay, so selfishly, because you said me, I mean, you should, yes, send me notes too. But just for all of us, that's a great thing to do for people, especially if you know um, people are going through a difficult season or or even if you don't know, right? Just send someone a nice note of encouragement. I think that would be a wonderful, you know what? We haven't had a challenge in a little while Ooh, and, uh-huh. and it's the new year. So why don't we, I'm going to make a new year's resolution on the air uh, to send at least one nice note to someone between now and our next episode. How about that? That's that's a that's a very nice one. Okay. I um I aim to I aim to write a thank you note or a nice note to someone um at least once a week. Um, and usually it's very easy because there's plenty of people you can write thank you notes to. But um, you know, even if it's even if it's not a thank you note, it's a, a well wishing note. Um, and nobody writes paper notes anymore, so mm-hmm. it's like. It's such a nice way to do it. So yep. I will, I will certainly do that as well. Are you, are you saying that you already do one a week anyway? So you're, you're saying my resolution for the whole year is to write <laughs> one. And you said, but I do one a week, but I'll, I'll do uh, one this week also. No, I'll cut that. That's <laughs> no, terrible. No, no, no. You, you're inspiring me. I think, I think it's a really great tradition. I love it. Thank you. Yep. Uh, thank you. No, <laughs> I'm just giving you a hard time, Julia. <laughs> I think it's great. Um, it's cool. It, I got a sword. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> um, speaking of mail, uh, we'd like to thank all of you, dear listeners, for your email, um, which we, we love, love getting them. Please keep sending it. I will also say, you know, um, well, anyway, we don't go crazy over all our our like podcast stats, but I'm thrilled that we have people from all over the world listening, um, and I'd love to hear from some more of you outside the U S especially if there are topics we can cover that, you know, we might be especially useful to you. So all you international folks, you know, we love having you listen. Thanks for listening. And we'd love to hear more from you guys too. Yes, please. So Jonathan has set a challenge about uh, writing nice notes for people. Um, This ties in with what we're going to be talking about uh, pretty soon in the future which is we're going to start talking about uh, the, the process of writing. So we did a, we did a uh, episode about the process of publishing, but it didn't have much on how we actually write, um, what, what works well for us, our thought process, our methods, those kinds of things. Um, and so we would love to know any writing questions that you might have, things that you'd like us to uh, cover or talk about. So please feel free to send some emails, do a little writing about writing. Um, and we will try to answer as many of those as we can in a, in a subsequent episode. Mm-hmm. That's very meta, right? Writing mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. writing. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm just, I'm uh, having not talked to Julia. I'm just off the cuff. I can imagine things that might come up are 
Um, how do you get started writing? If you have trouble writing, how do you write a paper you don't like? Uh, how do you work with collaborators, especially if one of them is more senior than you and you disagree? Um, how do you frame a paper? How do you write for a particular audience? I mean, I think these are all things that come up and I think there's no magic answer, but um, I'm guessing, Julia, you and I both have some strategies that we've tried over the years and um, I'd be happy to share those. So anyway, if you have any specific questions or things that you do that have worked really well, we'd love to hear about those too. We'd love to learn from you and what you've tried out. So until next time, thanks for listening. All right. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye.